0: Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams, and our weekly newsletter, with money off books and museum visits as well, plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash wehaveways.
1: This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course,
0: Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Attentie, attentie, which is of course Dutch for actung, actung, uh, or maybe she's attenshi, I don't know, sexy <laughs> ducks. Sexy Dutch. No, I think sexy sex- Dutch always sounds better than just normal Dutch. All right. Oh, she's a question Dutch for acting, I was trying to ditch the sexy Dutch. No, I don't think you should. You inter- should ne- promise me you'll never ditch the
1: sexy Dutch. All
0: right, okay. But well, I thought we'd nearly cause an international incident with that. <laughs> okay. Welcome to We Have Ways. She's making you talk. The Second World War podcast with me, Al Murray, and James Needlander. Um, uh, <laughs> um, Right, um, I've gone for a Dutch greeting today because I know many of you have been watching the new Netflix drama, the um, the forgot what's it called, the Forgotten Forgotten Battle, which is set during the yeah, which is set during. I've forgotten the title of it, which is set during the Battle of the Scheldt. Now we haven't seen it yet, have we, Jim? I haven't Mm -hmm. haven't had a chance to watch it because I'm. I'm, uh, I saw Woody Woodage was
1: was talking about it the other day.
0: (laughs) I saw and the fighting on film, lads. There's been some. There's been some beautifully grumblesome. uh, Yeah. uh, Second World War war uh, commentary about robust commentary, about new, robust exactly, commentary. About, exactly. Uh, which I've got, a lot, I've got a lot of time for. Although I'll probably enjoy it anyway. Yeah, well, um, of course you will. New, new Second World it's got, War to, film, wait, it's
1: with Tommy helmets. What's not
0: to like? Yeah, it's got lots of horse gliders in. I okay, think anything well, that very strong, anything that anything that puts the horse front and centre, but not just at Pegasus Bridge. You know that you know. It's uh, anyway. Um, where are you, Jim?
1: Yeah, well, I'm 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 in I'm in Cornwall. I'm in St. Moore's. It's a sort of you know oh. it's an annual thing. We've had two days of absolutely beautiful weather, and now <laughs> the storm has arrived. And, oh, brilliant! Uh, and and our, our our beautiful vista from yesterday has turned into one of sort of sea grey and sea spray yeah. and uh, driving winds and rain and all the rest of it. So where uh, are you you're, you're crewing around the country, aren't you? You're on tour, has it all that? Well, kind I
0: was of? well, I was in Plymouth last night, and I'm in Landitno tonight. So um, uh, <laughs> I did know, and I don't know. I don't know if anyone uh, is familiar with the layout of the British Isles. Um, but it seems, <laughs> it seems, my agent isn't. Um, and uh, uh, I'm not going to. This isn't normally. I'd shake my fist at, at, at him about this because you know that's that's pretty inconsiderate routing. it's not 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 really for me because I I I'll sit in the car and watch Telly or sleep or something. But for but for Adam, Igor, who, who has to do the hard craft and the driving. So he went down to Plymouth the day before yesterday. Yeah. And then I got the train down. And then we drove, we've driven to Kiel. So we're sort of two thirds of the way to Lampy, yeah Yeah. Um, and we're actually in a hotel on the campus at Kiel University. Yeah, yeah, of course. Very, odd, ar- yeah, yeah, very odd arriving gear last night. Anyway. Uh, anyway how, uh,
1: but you had a submariner, didn't you, in the
0: audience last night? Yes, there's a submariner with his father who designed... Um, so, so I, what was great is I, I asked some guy what he does. I, he goes, I design yachts. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm Neil. I design yachts. And so, you know, so, uh, uh, yeah, so obviously that's a subject for the problem to take the piss out of. And then I go the other side, and there's a guy who designs warships. So I had the whole crowd flicking V's at the bloke who designed yachts on behalf, of the, on, behalf of the, on behalf of the guy who designed warships. And he said, oh, I do the underneath. You know, I do the underneath of the, of the warship, the embellishments or whatever. Yeah, and then and then his son does submarines. He said I'll do the front of submarines, a pointy bit. And, uh, uh, That's and, fantastic. Oh, so it's, you it's could have really asked good. some more, uh, could you really? Well and then next to the submarine guy was a guy in the navy whose <coughs> whose who's, <laughs> whose rank was leading hand. Um uh, which is just a fantastic name for a. Uh, <laughs> for a rank and you know like uh, fantastically suggestive so there you go um uh, yes it was great fun last night and i'm sure it'll be fun tonight and i did know, but it's a bit of a it's a bit of a schlep we used to have an agent um a really long time ago her name was emma brunges and uh, she used to do this really punishing routing so we called it Brungie jumping if you were going up and down the map <laughs> in a in a particularly unsympathetic you know, if you if you were going Coventry Aberdeen, if you ever yeah, do yeah, that, yeah, go, yeah, yeah. Coventry Aberdeen Nottingham, something like that, where you're yeah. like, what? Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, we used to call that brungy jumping, so that that's the the name that stuck. But anyway, um,
1: honest. Honest. I got given, I got once given a given a game called Touring England, and and it, yeah. it, was, it was like a sort of 1930s board game which had been kind of <laughs> brought out of the attic and kind of re, reproduced and printed for kind of yeah. natural trust shops and things
0: yeah
1: yeah <laughs> it basically involves you do exactly that you've got a little old-fashioned exactly. car and you've got to get cards and roll the dice and stuff and you get yeah, held up yeah. going over the humber and things like that um, yeah. and uh, and you have to go from clan dudno to keel and uh and to <laughs> so it's really funny so as soon as you said that it's amazing what i thought of and rachel, oh, rachel hated that game of an absolute passion so this is literally the most boring board game ever well, I a good point, actually, because kind of a long, yeah. you know, long car journey is not, you know, it's not great, is it? Unless you've yeah, got a know, fantastic podcast to listen to, of course.
0: But it's, I think it's, I think it's great that, that you know, if you're a city tycoon, you can play Monopoly, but if you're someone who has to tour the country, you can play, you can play Touring England. It's a, a game for everybody, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, it's uh, very funny. Now, right, yeah, you want to talk
1: about and patent a bit more? Well, didn't well you? we you? Did did the, of the we, we,
0: well, I'm reading the patent papers. Ah. Um, um, by um, uh, oh god, who's it by, um, Martin Blumenson. Yeah, yeah, by Martin Blumenson. Yeah, by Martin Bloominson. So, who, who's the who's you know the one of the patent scholars? Yeah, and they are absolutely they are fascinating. Aren't and I'm just... reading about I'm reading about the Mets campaign.
1: Ah, very good. We, we were talking about
0: last week. Well, and the Mets campaign. If it reminds me of anything, it reminds me of veritable, right? Yeah. Um, it reminds me of those at those. British Canadian winter campaigns where basically what happens is you get all your, you amass, all your armor, you you know, core size thrusts. Yeah. Right. And the weather uh, gets you stuck and there ain't nothing you can do about it. There's flooding the, 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 mm. the, um, you know, the MERS or whatever is flooded is, is normally 60 feet and it's 300 feet in flood. And they're having to deal with that. they're having to deal with that sort of stuff. And what's really interesting I mean, you know, his, his, his diaries are his diaries are a, a diaries are a fascinating thing because they're half that sort of braggadocio, that pattern, the pattern we all know about. You know, like I'll lick every damn fool on this battlefield, and yep. only only the only the only the only cowards die in foxholes and all that. And then other bits are going. I'm glad I don't take counsel of my fears. I had a, a, a last night. I felt sick like I like you do before a big ball game. I'm glad I don't give in to these feelings. You know. And really, really much more to him. uh, And there's one point in his diaries, um, and uh, I've got my notebook open, I'll find it in a second, where he basically says, because I'm an emotional, because I do this sort of emotional gen, yeah, I suppose I'm one of the few emotional soldiers who have to build up a role, but I have always hoped to be a hero, and now maybe maybe the time to attain my ambition. So he's talking about, he has to... He has to psych himself up into being inverted commas of persona, yeah, yeah, and that that is really, really, really fascinating. Because I was looking at the, I was looking at the slapping incident and the, all the stuff around it, and then and then looking at how that then resurfaces from time to time. You know, in the papers they'll go, there's more to Platinum than the slapping. They're still saying that, yeah, in the in the autumn of forty four, the American papers, people are still trying to basically hacks and uh, and Congress people are coming over to visit his headquarters and still want to know about that, still want to know about where he stands on that. And so he knows as well as he, he knows as well as anybody else that that's the, that's the thing rather than how he's fighting his war. That's the thing on people's minds is that, is the, is the how he's treating his men. And it's, it's really, really, it, it, it's, it's really, really interesting. And, and, and you know, he, he tells himself how much he loves war, but you can tell actually that it, it's... it repulses it's, him as well. It's, it's, repulses him completely. You know, he just you know, compared to war, all other human activities are futile. If you like war as I do, you know, it's going to be so boring when the shooting stops. Blah blah blah. And then uh, you know, I wish I was supreme commander. I'd have this war won in, in in a in a fortnight. He says all that sort of thing, but he's also then going, um, you know, uh, uh and this is interesting. He says this. When do you when do you think Patton says this? I am taking chances, but I'm convinced the situation of the German army warrants uh, the taking of such risks. And I'm sure that if we drive in hard enough now, we will cause the, the war to end in very few days. I may be super optimistic, but I don't think so. When do you think he said that? Oh, I don't know. Probably...
1: When did he say a few days? A few weeks?
0: Yeah. A few days.
1: Christ, I don't know. When would he have said that?
0: August 24th, 1944. So he is as full of... Fillets break out. Um, yeah. uh, and he thinks uh, they're all gonna crumble. He thinks they're all gonna crumble. Which is what everyone thinks, which is what of course is his farming which market which garden. Is, exactly, right? So so even though afterwards they'll go, oh you know, we all knew that was a stupid idea. Um, it, he's he he's a, he's a, he, he believes that as much as anyone else. But but what's really interesting is when the SAR campaign is in is in full um, flow, um First of all, he said, you know, it starts off with him going, "We're, we're going to take nets and and win this sar campaign in a day, two days." And then Bradley takes one of his divisions off him to hold in reserve. He's like, you know, we, he's going to lose me this campaign if he keeps interfering. Blah 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 blah, and on it goes, and they get stuck. And so what Patton says is this: however, the enemy must be suffering more, so it is a question of mutual crucifixion until he cracks. So he knows perfectly well that you're now into a you're into a meat grinder and. Dashing pattern action isn't yep. part of the isn't, that isn't part of yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Well, several things it's several so several things
1: occurred to me on that. The first one is is that you know when I was reading all that stuff around his diaries um, that we were looking at last week and yeah, at that stuff around Mets, so it was that bit where he says you know I had really really bad sort of racing heart today. Heart yeah palpitations, yeah. You know, yeah. I always get like this just before a big battle. You know, in other words, yeah. he's, he's really nervous, and you know, nerves yeah. and nerves are nervous, no bad thing at all. But but, yeah. but you always, as you say, you always sort of the public pattern is this one that's sort of you know completely resolute, never has any doubt, always kind of you know yeah. completely gung ho, braggadocio, all that kind of stuff. And and you you do get a much more sort of vulnerable pattern uh, um, emerging yeah. through the. Through the um, through the, the, the diaries. I mean, what's interesting about the patent papers is you don't just get the diaries, you also get memos and stuff and, yeah, and letters yeah, yeah. between yeah. his wife and, um, yeah. and And actually he's quite frank about it. I mean, he's very tender with his wife, isn't he? And, and they're, yeah. they're very touching yeah. the letters. And, and there's yeah. absolutely no question that he really, really loves her. Um, yeah. And, and very devout as well in his own kind of sort of medieval kind of form of Christianity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but he's also still quite gung-ho as well, you know, so... so yeah. I think the other thing is I think it's it's absolutely fine for people to have contradictory characters and, and you know, one of the, one of the mistakes that I think a lot of historians always make, and I think generally people make full stop when they're talking about public yeah. people and, and famous people, is to assume that their characters are consistent. I mean yeah. I don't know about you, but I change my mind all the time. I mean, I'm yeah, constantly yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. vacillating and, and one minute I'm yeah. feeling kind of up for something, the next minute I'm feeling a bit kind of, you know, less yeah. so. And yeah. I, and I think that's yeah. absolutely fine. I don't think I don't think the human nature is not a consistent straight line.
0: Yeah, well, I'm like that about breakfast. And we're, what we're talking about here is a man running an army, you know, <laughs> and all that, sort of, all, that sort of, all that sort of responsibility and, yeah. and pressure. I mean, it's very, very interesting. And I'm reminded, I'm reminded of the Chamberlain letters because, the, the, you know, Chamberlain writing to his sisters famously is going, well, I've got this all sorted out and I can, I can handle it. Don't worry, right? And a lot of people have, some historians have looked at those and gone, see, he's got no idea what he's doing Chamberlain. He's so sort of vainglorious. He thinks he can run a piecement by himself and run his foreign policy. And other, other historians have gone. No, he's trying to reassure his family that everything's all right. He's trying to, yes. you know, and and sometimes you get the feeling that Patton's saying to his wife, "Don't worry about me. Everything's fine." Old George's, yeah, old yeah, George's yeah. atom, um, and and I, I, I'll sh- I'll show them and everyone else but, is used this and I'm brilliant. But also, but, if you,
1: but, but also just to go, sorry, to, but to, but to go back yeah. to kind of you know the the, the strident charging Patton, I mean. If you actually sort of just take a step back from the movie, take a step back from the kind of yeah. the, 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 the tradition and the kind of old narrative of Patton being the kind of the forceful driver and all the rest of it. And let's yeah. look at it. OK, yeah. so where, where does he do really big drives? OK, well, he does obviously Seventh Army, one of his, his provisional corps, moving yeah. west to clear up the west of Sicily. Yeah. And he yeah. has literally zero opposition. And that's yeah. not his fault. That's great, you know. Um, yeah. but, and and it's a fantastic operational exercise that proves yeah. how a modern mechanized army can can manoeuvre very quickly if it yeah. needs to. But that's about yeah. the operational level. That's not about tactical level. That's not about yeah. you know. So that is about speed. But it but it's but it's about overcoming terrain rather than a military enemy. Yeah. Then you've got the second part of the Sicily campaign where. You have Troina, which is a kind of tight 10-day yeah. slogging match, a week-long slogging match. Yeah. Then you've got yeah. that drive across the north coast. And actually what you discover is, is uh, that 7th Army is no faster than 8th Army manoeuvring yeah. across that ground, which is entirely yeah. understandable again because the terrain you know, favours the defender yeah. and not the attacker and it's incredibly difficult countryside. Yeah. Then, okay, so that's that. And that's Sicily over and then he's sacked and then he doesn't reappear until the following August. So a year, yep. a, literally a year after, just under a year after um, um, the Sicily campaign ends, yep. then he's unleashed. Now, why is he unleashed with with Third Army driving south into Brittany and across the east? That is because he is unquestionably an armored expert. He understands yep. mechanized warfare, yep. and, and that's very much his credit. <laughs> but there's no Oppo. You know, he's there's not that, dealing exactly. with Mortain. So, you know, well, and, and and he's got and when when those um, those coastal festungs you know, um, yeah. bri- um, those Brittany um, coastal fortresses kind of hold out. He goes, oh, I'll sod that, leave that to the kind of, you know, fourth SAS and the mach uh, and a few other troops, but we'll, you know, Middleton, yeah. and we'll do the, you know, we'll do the rest of it. Uh, and so then he storms off east. But but why is he able to do that in east? It's not because he's got huge amount of tactical drive necessarily. It's because... Yeah. There is literally no opposition because the bulk of the German defence has been destroyed in Normandy. And there isn't really much else in France. It's got to come from kind of Holland and Belgium and, and Germany. And, and, yeah. and then it's dealing also with, you know, what, what, what German troops well, are in the south is dealing with Patch's seventh army again. So, yeah, well, he's got an easy run. And the moment he comes up with any stiff opposition, he's as slowed down as everybody else.
0: Yeah, well, so basically, what, what which is no point. I mean, it's not a criticism.
1: Well, in any shape, well,
0: so that. what? Well, exactly. So, so they've given him the right job. In fact, because he's because he's that advance in, in Sicily, advancing to essentially a vacuum is so spectacular and excellently done that they think we're probably going to have that happen again. In in fr- if you understand what the Normandy strategy is, which is what you do is you you you, you know like you, you draw the Germans. We talk about this. The matador and the cape. They draw the Germans to the to 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 the uh, eastern end of the lodgement, You thin them out at the western end, which they can't, you know, because they can't, they can't put out all the fires at once. Cobra punches a hole, and then you send Patton to do the, to, to do the thing where he swings around and fills the vacuum, which is what he does so well. So you've got the right bloke doing the right job.
1: Which is really good. I mean, that, that's a command which decision,
0: is, which shows it? which shows which is, which is an excellent command decision, and, and shows, and shows actually how whatever everyone, when that Normandy, the Normandy Overlord plan has got all that built into it already. Rather than oh no, they're stuck. Oh, and suddenly the Americans are going quickly. That's the plan. That's the, that's what they're planning yeah. on doing in yeah. the in the broad in <laughs> the broad strategic sense. How it then shakes down into you know into the into the local tactical battles and the efforts to efforts to bring the, the, the doctrine up to date with terrain and all that sort of stuff and opposition is is it's the it's the other story there. But in, in in the broad, you've got Patton doing that. Because Patton's absolutely the right person to do that. One interesting thing in the Patton, pa- 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 Patton papers is he says, "I don't need to know what my battalions are doing. I shouldn't have to. I shouldn't need to know that. I'm not interested in that. That's not my job as a general." So there's some so there's some Ausfrag tactic in that. It's him going, it's him saying, "Oh, it's you know, you, you get on with it. You deploy your battalions my yeah. way. I, I I I don't care where they are. I don't know what. Don't no, want to know where they are." Although later on he then goes the way that guy lays his battalions out is really great. He's the best at it. You think, well, okay, well, make yeah. your mind up. Make your well, mind he, cause up. Well, because he's
1: because he's interested in all facets, isn't it? I mean, I suppose I suppose what I'm driving at is, I think, yes, clearly tactically, he's a very strong commander.
0: Yeah. But I think yeah.
1: actually, I wonder whether his his <laughs> he should be better known for his operational. Command yeah. rather than his tactical command, and I think sometimes we we confuse the two. You, 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 you yeah. know, you confuse these great sweeps across this huge driving, and, and actually, it's not really the tactical prowess, the blood and guts, the driving thing that's the uh, you know the military, you know, the, the kinetic drive forward yeah. that's, that's that's really what should be accentuated. But actually, it's the operational skill of using yeah. a combined arms mechanical yeah. armored force to its well, best uh, uh, potential.
0: Well yeah, and 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 also acknowledging there's a point where suddenly you run out of being able to do that. There's sort of a hundred it's a sort of a hundred a mile piece of elastic, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yes. maybe a bit more than that, but it but it's kind of it's that's the culmination point. I mean that's that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it's the culmination, culmination point, point that the Germans yeah. outrun and the eastern yeah. front in Barbarossa. You know, they've reached yeah. their culmination yeah. point, which they they before Barbarossa have agreed is going to be three hundred and fifty miles. Yeah. Actually yeah. they've got to five hundred miles. Probably more like two hundred and fifty miles is what it's really at. Yeah, and yeah. they they can no longer do what they are best at doing because their supply lines are too long, and that, that happens to Rommel in North Africa. It happens to Patton, yeah. you know, uh, when he reaches the Moselle. Um, yeah. It happens to the Germans. It happens. It, it, it is something that no commander can can overcome unless his supply lines can catch yeah. up, and that's.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's another really really interesting bit um, uh, where he interrogates uh, he interrogates. Um, Various German officers basically come through his um, uh, headquarters, who so he decides he wants to speak to. So there's Constantin K- Meyer, who's a regular army officer, um, uh, and he says to him, "Why aren't you? Why won't you give up? Why, why don't you give up? You know, why is, why is Germany still fighting?" And Meyer says, "Because P- Patton says, well, you know, we've, we've um, you know, we've found that the the the, the, the Folks Division." Uh, 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 very poor. And Mike says, yes, I know that too. It's the fear of Russia that's forcing us to use every man who can carry a weapon. For we must hold on there as we fear the consequences on the Eastern Front. I think that word is really, really fascinating. Isn't it? Because because he's saying we know what he's saying to Patton, we know what we got up yep. to in 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 Russia in the Soviet Union. We know what we've done and we've, we literally fear the consequences. And I think that's a that's a weird glimpse of candour into isn't that, um, you know, into that's that. That's really into interesting. That. Yeah.
1: It reminds me of that moment of um, of uh, when Arthur Harris, Bomber Harris is on yeah. the, in the air ministry and he's on the roof and he sees the East End burning and he goes, you will reap yeah. what you sow. Yeah. And you yeah. think,
0: wow, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And
1: that's it's... actually, that's what it's all about, isn't it? I mean, that's why yeah. all those cities are destroyed. That's why all those people, women are, yeah. you know, that's why they're slaughtered on the Eastern Front. That's why... Yeah. Three million
0: German women are raped, et cetera, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other, I mean, then, I mean, uh, uh, I mean we'll we we'll move on from Pat in a moment. But the, the other really interesting thing is during the Sar campaign, he runs out of riflemen, right? Um, uh, and he, writes, he runs out do of what? Not... riflemen. Wow. He says people do not re- and, and so so he goes. People do not realize that ninety two percent of all casualties occur in the infantry rifle companies and that when the infantry division has lost 4,000 men, it practically has no riflemen left. Yeah. Right? We've, t- we've talked about it. No matter how, how big is a division, how big is the rifle component, which is the, which is the actual sharp end, you know, or the people getting killed component. Um, therefore, with 11,000 short in an army, consisting of three armoured and six infantry divisions, we're close, closely approaching a 40% shortage in each rifle company. So he then levies 5,000 men from army and corps headquarters and other non-combat jobs as riflemen. So he combs through his, um, you know, his B echelon basically
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and HQ echelon, uh, to to come up with riflemen, um, and and he gets onto Eisenhower and says, "Give me your, give me some ComZ people, you know, supply people. Give me some of the Comz people, because um, you've got a vast army. I need ComZ people for training and infantry replacements." And Ike won't do it because Ike knows that they by this stage they're essentially running on fumes supply wise. And Amazing. Uh, 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 absolutely. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, I
1: think it would be really, really interesting because I've done this thing, where, obviously, for, for the Sherwood Rangers to break down actually what is the component of an of a t- yeah. armoured regiment. And it's fascinating, yeah. isn't it? Because you kind of think, well, there's yeah. only 8% in tanks, but actually only 48% of that 8% is actually in tanks. Yeah. yeah. Is actually in the Sabre squadrons. So would it be interesting to do that to an infantry division? Yeah, um, and actually break down what an infantry division is, and we'll, I'll we, we, I, between now and next next Monday when we record the yeah. next one, I'll 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 do that, and let's discuss that because I think that'd be really really interesting because then you can start applying the casualty rules. You can you know you can start yeah. looking at that a little bit a bit more closely because you could sort of take off say okay well you know five percent of casualties in the infantry division are going to be supply troops because of yeah you know driving accidents, long yeah. range shelling, whatever. Yeah or maybe even 10%, but then you can see what percentage of frontline rifle companies is getting sorted. I mean, we know, for example, that 4th Division, Infantry Division, landing on Utah Beach, gets gets almost no casualties whatsoever on D-Day itself, but within two weeks is you know 100% destroyed. Yeah. In terms of numbers of frontline troops.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, this is it, isn't it? It's, it's the uh, uh, wastage in an infantry battalion... Can, can you know quite quickly you, you can have a company down to sort of forty people quite quickly can't you yeah, com- yeah very yeah, often yeah. when you're reading it when you're reading a battle account you go hang on a minute there's what there's only four you know that could be because there's people who have been cut off left behind lost you know uh, as well as injured killed yeah you know uh, uh, helping the injured you know blah 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 and suddenly you're down suddenly you're down to um, you know you get this in you get this in with the jocks like Peter White's you know account with the KOSB suddenly a company will be basically sort of 35, 40 people.
1: Yeah.
0: From, from 120 from, you know, or whatever. or you know, 120, 150 or whatever it is initially. Yeah. Suddenly, that, 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 you know, and, it, and, it's, and it's lots of factors all at once. And it, oh, so it's, uh, it's so It's so interesting. We, we, we ought so to look into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right, so, so I'll, so I'll do what. that.
1: And I'll, yeah, go on. Should we take, take a break? Well, well I let's, I let's take Jeffress. a
0: break. Yeah, yeah. We got, yeah, okay. We'll take a break. We'll talk about Jeffress. Why not? Okay. Um, uh, we'll see you in a tick. Welcome back to We Have Ways of Making You Talk with me, Al Murray and James Holland. Uh, both of us touring the world under great pressure with many obligations. <laughs> there, right, <are>, James?
1: <laughs> it's tough, but someone's got to do it. First
0: of, first of, first of which is um, uh, um, we are we are next Monday, October the twenty fifth. The leading historian in Iran and all things Persian, Ali Ansari, is going to join us on the live stream to answer everything you want to know about Iran during the war. That that part of the world. Let's put it that way. Because yeah. um, if he knows about Iran, he'll know about Iraq. Let's He's lovely chap, now. Ali. He's
1: such a nice yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. He's a really, terrific
0: really... talker too. So um, <laughs> yeah, we'll have he him really on. Is. Uh, um, and that's uh, Monday, eight thirty. So if you don't know what that is, that's our regular event for our members on our Patreon. We do the podcast like this live on YouTube, and you can look you can look at us wherever we are um, uh, chatting. Check it out at patreon.com slash We Have Weight. That's Patreon spelled. Um, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. we do, normally don't do plugs but we thought in this instance this was the time for a light piece of plugage right so james you said you wanted to talk about jedbra now jedbra for 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 those who don't know jedbra is
1: operation jedbra okay so so people i think most people know we've got a modicum of um, uh, of knowledge about this know that these are these are three man teams uh, american oss agent british soe agent and a french um uh, a local. Three french well, no, yeah. not a local actually. I mean, local in so much that they're French, but they're the yeah. um, you know the the BMCR or RC, yeah, yeah. Or whatever it yeah. is, um, the intelligence yeah. section of the Free French based in London, and yeah. um, and it's fascinating because I kind of sort of you know we know that they all sort of landed just you know on D Day and and in the in the days and weeks following D Day, these little teams all over the place, ninety three yeah. teams, ninety three three man teams, but I suddenly thought I don't actually really know. Why they were formed, how they were formed, how it came to be British and OSS, and yeah. what were the OSS doing before, you know, before all that happened? Why was it just SOE and SOERF section and, and all yeah. the rest of it? And so I've been looking into that, and it's, it's, it's really, really interesting. So, so basically, the Americans had no experience of this sort of clandestine shadow war stuff at all yeah. at the start of the war. Yeah. Mm. But while Bill um, Donovan who won a congressional medal of honor in the first world war and was very very good mates of roosevelt and was one of those guys yeah. who got sent over in 1940 as an observer as a sort of personal yeah. history of of, of yeah. roosevelt I was very into this because he'd left the um, he'd led a kind of sort of clandestine kind of sort of um, not clandestine but a kind of sort of a, a, a raid behind enemy lines operation against pancho villa um, <laughs> in the punitive war against Mexico. The
0: punitive war. I mean, I, I just love that the Americans actually call it the punitive yeah. war. I think it's really, yeah. really funny. So anyway,
1: so, so he's in that, so he's got this whole kind of shtick and he's really, you know, he's an outdoorsman and there's nothing he likes more than kayaking down a kind of sort of a, a freezing river in winter and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. So,
1: so he's, he's, he's well-placed for this sort of clandestine operation stuff. And he comes over and he, he becomes very, very good mates with, with Gubbins, um, who is the brigadier who is in charge of, SOE F section start off with and uh, well, uh, no he's the director of plans I think to start off with because Charles Hambrough yeah. is the first director of of SOE and Gubbins a, a kind of can see the writing on the wall he can see that they're going to run out of agents and they're going to need more agents but yeah. there's a whole kind of sort of geopolitical thing going on which is that the Britain wants to maintain its sphere of influence in, in Europe and doesn't want the kind of Americans coming in with different ways and sort of you know crashing around and kind of ups- absolutely. upsetting absolutely
0: Absolutely, Absolutely odd point. Odd point. It's the Last thing you bloody need. Yeah. Uh, and and
1: Donovan, um, to his credit, kind of gets this and says, "Okay, well, we'll listen. we listen. You know, we need to do this stuff. So we're gonna we're gonna benefit from your greater knowledge. So we'll we'll, we'll send our guys up to Arasag, and we'll also send up a shadow um, um, camp, training camp in Ontario. Um, this is this is 1941 before they enter the yeah. war, and it's a joint British U.S. training camp." To which Fairbairn very... is sent over to do his stuff, having been up at Aris Age and all the rest of it. This is, fair, this is Fairbairn as in, you know, hard fighting and all yeah, that. Yeah, get, yeah, talking, get yeah. Tough.
0: This, So before America's in the war, this is a bit naughty. Very this naughty, bit, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, in, it's in Canada, so it's entirely deniable. It's a bit like, sort right, of, right. you know, Americans joining the RCAF and all this kind of stuff yeah. going across the border. Anyway, so that 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 happens, and it's called Camp X to the Americans, and it's Special <laughs> Camp 103 to the British, but it's one, one and the same thing. Yeah. And in in June 1942, Donovan sits down for a series of talks at SOE with Charles Hambro, then the director of SOE, and they they thrash out spheres of influence and what's going to happen. And he says, OK, no, SOE and, and and French section SOE and the French secret intelligence of the Free French in London, they will run the show in France. And we're, we're, we're really happy to help, but you can be the senior partner in this one. There's a massive haggle on over, over the Balkans because the Americans really want to get involved in that and, and right. the British really kind of cho- throw their toys out of the pram on this one and even Churchill yeah. gets involved. it. No 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 no. Yugoslavia that's absolutely our 5 to. But anyway, that's a sort of different scrap. But but it is the OAS OSS of course that leads in France. Uh, I mean um, yeah. in North Africa rather. In Northwest Africa. Yeah. Which is why you have Mark Clark going in on the submarine. Yeah, and, yeah, amazing story. You know, all the, all the story, conversations yeah. with with Darlan yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So so but they're training all the time. But it's not until January 1943 that, that Hambro says, OK, fine, you can start sending OSS agents here to England. And that's when, when they start training at Arisag and going on commando training and all the rest yeah. of it. And to start off with, until very early on, in, for basically the best part of a year, these guys which are kind of sort of for for volunteers spend a year training in England, getting increasingly fed up. And whenever they're mixed with the British or the French... They get, they have, you know, real problems. You know, the British look down their noses at these Johnny Come Latelys. The French are sort of like, you know, you don't know anything about France, uh, yeah. and they get really, really pissed off. And one of the problems is, is that no one is explaining to the American OSS agents who are doing this commando training, doing this kind of, you know, secret agent training, why they're doing it and when they're going to be going into action. So yeah. this, this is kind of sort of. Hurry up and nothing happened, kind of attitude. And they just get, you know, morale just dips. And, it, and it's they not. They get bored. They get bored and, it's not, and they get frustrated and they feel patronised and it's just not really very well explained. Unbeknown to most of them, it wheels are emotion. And actually, the idea of doing Jedpras, doing these teams, is first mooted in 1942. And then it's resurrected by a guy called Mike Rawlinson, who's the head of plans um, at SOE. And he has uh, various chats with the OSS, the top OSS guys. And there's this amazing um, training exercise, this sort of invasion training exercise, part of the um, the initial chafe kind of um, uh, what do you call yeah. it? Um, Normandy plans. Yeah. In 1943, that's going on under sort of um, yeah Paget and Co. Uh, what's his name? What's yeah. his name of the name of the general who's who's. Freddie Morgan. Morgan, exactly. Um, this, is, this is all during Morgan's times, and there's this thing called Operation yes. Spartan, which is really is the main two reasons for it are to test RF close um, uh, um, close air support, air support, and yeah. also to put General McNaughton through his paces because there's doubts about McNaughton. and they yeah. want to kind of prove that he's he's not up for it. And Operation Spartan, which is this huge operation, this huge. Um,
0: And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Are you looking for a view of the
1: world that's a bit different? Hi, I'm Jason Palmer, a host of The Weekend Intelligence, a podcast from The Economist. Join us to hear the stories that matter most to our correspondents and editors. Every Saturday, we introduce you to people and ideas that take you outside the ordinary and expand your horizons one episode at a time. Join us and see the world from a new perspective. To listen free until May 31st, search Spotify for The Weekend Intelligence. Training exercise that takes place around Salisbury Plain and into the Midlands. Um, does exactly that. And, that, and that's that's what leads to the demise of MacNaughton as as commander in yeah. chief of um, you know of, of general officer commanding of, of Canadian Second Army. But another thing they do is they get a whole load of Welsh fusiliers, and they put them into little resistance resistance groups in inverted commas, Yeah. and they have them scurrying yeah. around, and then they drop in teams of three to these inverted commas, resistance groups. Yeah, and the ones with the who get the teams suddenly organise themselves really well and really effectively and become fantastic at at, at um, disabling the Germans in inverted commas yeah. as they're being yeah. pushed backwards. Right. So it's kind of it's like a sort of it's, it's a live exercise test to see whether yeah. the Jedbra concept um, will work. Can work, and yeah. it does. It's, it it proves itself in Operation Spartan. And so suddenly they think, okay, this is a way forward. This is is how we're going to do this. And they start really properly planning it and thinking about how they're going to do it. And they really like the concept of having a Frenchman, an Englishman, and an American. One of them will be a radio operator, usually a sergeant. Uh, One of them will be a commander, usually a captain, but sometimes a major. And the other one will be a lieutenant. So it'll be two officers and a sergeant. And they'll go in and they'll mix them up. And um, anyway, they they start sort of properly organising this from kind of sort of early part of 1944, and thinking about it because what they've realised is is that what the British have realised is that they haven't got enough agents and they're going to need yeah they're going to need more yeah. and they need American help and what specifically what they need is aircraft
0: to drop all these people and the Americans so if are the only you've ones got, that got, got Americans yes yeah, so if you've got Americans involved you will get the planes right
1: exactly but it works <laughs> but but. But, but it, part of the training exercise is fascinating because it's kind of, you know, there's a lot of agents having come back from France who, who've done it and who are now sort of saying, okay, what you've got to remember, this is not like, you know, you will not find the majority of the population supporting you. you not assume that anyone is on your side. It's not sort of yeah. like we hate the Germans and therefore we're all in it together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're talking about the milice and they're saying that the problem with the Malice is, is of course, is that they can infiltrate in a way that a German yeah. can't. So actually, Malice... Yeah way more dangerous than the Gestapo. You know, the Gestapo is the end, is the end game. Yeah, because, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Because, you yeah. know, you end up in Avenue Foch or, or whatever it is, or being tortured or whatever. Yeah. You know, Klaus Barbie. But it is yeah. the Melisse that's doing the dirty work. And actually, when you think about it, that's exactly what Klaus Barbie said. He said, you know, I've got kind of six yeah. people here in Lyon or 12 people, Germans in Lyon, and I've got, you know, 2,000 milice." Doing yeah. all the job for me. So yeah, so the yeah, whole, yeah. There's, there's this whole host of problems. And this is, you know, if you start looking down the list of um SOE RF um, section agents that go into the field, and then you look at SOE F section agents that go into the field, it's just a catalogue of mayhem and being captured, yeah. you know, such and such went yeah. in a kind of, you know, September yeah. 41 executed, you know, yeah. September 42, you know, shot. Body yeah. dumped in a moat, you know, scavenged by dogs. You know, it's all this kind of stuff. I yeah. mean, it, it is just sort of one horror story after another. And what they, and I think what they're realising again is, is you you've got to remember that the kind of the longevity of of the of or the lifespan of, of resistance in France, particularly for example, is actually quite yeah. short because 1940 that's out because everyone's so just sort of completely. Rome by what's happened 1941 yeah. is really out because no one's got organised yet and you know nothing's really much happening and you know it's actually very like the situation of with the kind of Indian army in, in Burma it takes a bit of time to sort of get your ducks in a row yeah. when you've had yeah, such yeah. a shock and you've got to organise So it's only by kind of 1943 that any kind of sort of organised resistance is really starting to happen and then it's not very long until 1944 is it so no you know it's only by 1944 they realise actually this is the way to do it and, and, and obviously they're they're Their chances of success have been helped by this whole kind of, um, this, this, this June 1942 order by Laval that they've all got to yeah, go off and yeah. go, 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 be, yeah. really become slave labourers in, Ger- yeah. in Germany. So they'll go to the, to the hills and hence the Mackie and all the rest of it. But what you need to do yeah. is organise these people. But, but at the same time for D-Day, what they're doing, they've got these Jebra teams who are going in very specifically. And, and it's all about ambushes. It's all about, you know, yeah. no ambush should last more than 10 minutes. You know, you've got to make, you know, where you locate your, your ambush is as much about how you get away is it is about yeah. finding a good place to stop the stop the enemy. Yeah. You know, it's in, yeah. out, straight out. And they've also got to liaise in Brittany, the Jebra teams have got to liaise with the fourth SAS, which is the French SAS, which are going in. Yeah. And the SAS have a completely different way of doing things. So theirs is all about kind of have a firm base in the hill somewhere, in a wood, that's your base, and you operate from there, you know, you 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 spiral yeah. out. Whereas the Jebra team is all about Clandestine, never staying in one place, yeah. moving around, being yeah. completely flexible all the time. So it's a completely different, different approach, and it, and it's just utterly, utterly fascinating. And the whole kind of you know how do, how do you link up? How do you get your your Jebra teams when you're trying to mix a, an American, a Brit, and a, and a Frenchman? Yeah. Well, it's exactly the same as the crewing up with the bombers. So it's like so just... them all, they chuck them all in Milton Hall, you know, Milton Hall near Peterborough, and they call it getting engaged so you have to right. find yourself a f- fiance and, <laughs> and it's and it's just brilliant i mean it's and, and you have you would have to say that the jebra is the jebras are really really very successful i think you know and, yeah. and it's you know and max sachen's big thing is that the, you know the war wasn't you know not a single day of the war was saved by kind of all of these resistance operations yeah I just you just c- cannot see how that can be the case i mean you know could passive yeah. of, of of you know strode across towards the Moselle with quite such alacrity. Had it not been for the kind of huge sabotage and yeah. destruction that was caused by the resistance, stroke, jet yeah. stroke, SAS, stroke, other yeah. special forces that were in, all
0: over the well, place. Well, but 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 also, but, but, but by that point, by 1944, after Overlord begins, I suppose if you're if you're, you know, they're all part of that battle, aren't they? Was yeah. Resistance in 19 1941, 1942. I don't know what they, you know. That's maybe how he's drawing his balance sheet, but 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 after all, you, it, it's like so many things in the Allied camp, in any campaign, the Allied campaigns. It's basically the development in, in before 1944 is where all the hard yards go in, yeah. where you make all your terrible mistakes. Where, as you say, you know, people end up people end up being shot, executed, captured really easily. And also, I mean, we've talked about this before. By 1944. I mean, certainly once, certainly once um, you know North Africa has fallen. If you're French, you can see that, and you know, and the Vichy government's been has been you know uh, uh, collapsed. You can see which way things are going, perhaps. So resisting resisting makes more sense. Yeah, you know, I mean, in a hard headed, you know, uh, 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 calculation. It's before that 40, 1940, 41, 42 forty forty one forty two. You've got the site the psychic blow of the of the of the fall of France. You know, is there any point resisting? The Germans are invincible, aren't they? You know, you know what I mean. Yeah. And, and, and so you've got all of the all of the psychology of that, and also the fact that what the Allies tend to do is work it out in the end. And yeah. then when they, once they've once they've worked it out, it all works very very well. And also, the point at which they've worked it all out is after the Germans are done. You know, so uh, uh, because anything after anything after the summer of nineteen forty-three, the tide is flowing in the Allied direction. So I d- I think I think. You know, to say not a day is, is quite the is quite the sort of I, I don't know. Well, know, I just, just I just think it's, you know it's, well, it's, it's,
1: you, you, as you say it's, it's it's an evolution. I just think the whole thing is is fascinating, and you can yeah. you can understand why when you've got these three teams, you've got who are coming down in uniform. They're not they're not in civvies. Yes, I know
0: that's they're very not in Mufti. interesting. Isn't it?
1: They're in they're in uniform, and they're coming down, and and they are offering training and plans and links back to yeah. London to give them support, and you can just see yeah. how that would work, and that would that would. Get a resistance group going and all the rest of it.
0: I mean, is, is it? Why? Why in uniform? What's that about? What, what's that, is that trying to say? Something is that a statement or? or, or yeah, it's, why? it's also
1: about. Well, it's also about showing that these these Marquis, that these guys know that they're on a different level because these are yeah. proper soldiers who've got uniforms yeah. on and you better respect them. I think is that's a lot of it, really. Anyway,
0: yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, we will see you next time. I don't know what we've got for you on Thursday, but it's a cornucopia of delights as a result of Warfest. Um, I'm still um, I'm still receiving compliments for Warfest, um, yeah. you know, a month later. So thanks, everybody. Um, we will see you all next time. Thanks for listening. Cheerio. Cheerio. Okay, slight PS. I said uh, during the podcast, I don't know what we're doing on Thursday, but what we're doing on Thursday is we're back um, with James giving us a fascinating walking tour of Malta. It's a cracking listen. Uh, don't miss that. And don't forget um, Iran um, in the Second World War on the live stream um, on YouTube. Um, thanks again for listening. PS ends.